Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church in McAllen, Texas. I am Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I want to thank you for listening today. Before we begin, I'd like to open with prayer. Our Father in Heaven, Almighty God, I want to come to you today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to share your word to discuss your word, Lord, to be edified by your word, be empowered by your Holy Spirit. Father, I ask that you would give strength to those who are suffering right now, that you would comfort them, heal them, and protect them. Lord, I thank you for the revelation that your word gives into our lives. And I ask you to bless those who hear this word today, that you would just move mightily in their hearts. Stir them up, O God, that they would be mighty people, servants in your kingdom. May we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hands to serve, O God. We just pray that you would move today in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning, what I'm going to be speaking on is a sermon I have titled, What Was Lost is Found. I want you to understand that Oftentimes, we get wrapped up in ourselves. We get wrapped up in what is going on around us, and we sometimes have a tendency to become oblivious to the things that are happening in front of us or around us because we become myopic. We develop tunnel vision. And I want us to step back for a moment. And I would like for us as individuals to observe what's taking place around us and how we can be that Christ-centered influence for those around us because we are not the only ones who develop myopacy. We have become myopic in focusing on one thing in our country today, and that is the COVID-19 virus. We have allowed panic to ensue. We have quarantined ourselves. We have isolated ourselves. And as a result, God is actually moving in families. If we'll stop and look, God can move in your life, recenter you, if you will, and allow you to be that influence in His kingdom. We're going to open our our message with Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 41 through 52. And this is a familiar passage to many of you, but I want to focus on a couple things and tie into some other scriptures that might help us to see the purpose. So Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52, and it reads as follows. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they, set, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph 
and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they returned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, my dear friends, something I want you to grasp is take your mind out of the 21st century. For us today, it would be unfathomable that we would lose contact or the whereabouts of our child when we're traveling. However, there's a couple of important things to note. During this time, people would travel in great caravans. They'd be walking, and the women would be in one section, and the men would be in another section. The children would be with the mothers and the fathers would be taking care of animals and so forth as they're walking. But that in and of itself does not preclude the fact that they lost track of Jesus. However, if we notice his age, that of being 12 years old, we, under, we can understand that he was at an age where he was able to travel with both either the mother or the father. It's kind of like that pre-teen years, if you will. And what happened is he was on the cusp of becoming a man. And when it says here that first, that his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover, so they were obedient unto the custom of the Jews. They were obedient, they were God-fearing, they held the rules, the regulations in reverence. But yet it says that they lost him. But there's something important that I really want us to focus on. It said that they went about a day's journey, but it took three days to find him. Now. When we think about that, you have to wonder, okay, why? Well, because it says that they checked with their family, their acquaintances, and I'm pretty sure that in their panic, they began to check every place that they had been in that day's travel. That takes time. If you're going to be thorough, you're going to be 
frantically looking, stopping, asking questions. Have you seen him? Do you know where Jesus is at? Have you seen him? But one thing that is important for us as individuals is this. In our Christian walk, we oftentimes get caught up with the things going on, the company we keep, the conversations we have, and we don't realize that we have drifted away from a relationship with Jesus. You say, well, but that's not what this applies to. Yes, actually, it can apply to this and not be wrong. Because, my dear friends, in our lives as believers, one of the problems that we have is we get comfortable with the world. We get comfortable with our friends. We get comfortable with where we are at. We get caught up in the moment. And we have a tendency to forget that we are to keep an eye on, if you will, Jesus. That we would not walk away from Him. Now, what is interesting, what is really profound, is where they found Him. And let's go back here. Let's look at verse 45. And you may be today in this place thinking, I've got to find something. I have to find an answer for my problems. And in your youth, in your childhood, or in some other part of your life, you'd been exposed to Jesus. You had heard the gospel message. You had received some teaching. Now listen to this. And when they found him not, you see, that statement is profound because you're not going to find him in a ritual. You're not going to find him in your friends. You're not going to find him someplace other than where they found him. You're not going to find Jesus in the things you used to enjoy. You're not going to find Jesus in the places that you used to frequent. You're not going to find Him hanging out someplace that is unholy. But my dear friends, it says that they turned back to Jerusalem. Well, they were there previously because of the Passover. But listen to this. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. You see, Jesus was still actively engaged and going about his father's business. The gospel does not change. It does not allow you to compromise it and pick and choose. They found him in the temple, engaged with the people who were in the temple. They found him in the place where he should be. They found him in a place that 
allowed him to minister. Because did you notice, when we first read this, did you notice something? Did you notice verse 47, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. You see, when God moves in your life and he is revealed to you and he answers your question and he answers in something that could not come from you. You notice his understanding, the wisdom of God. When that takes place, my dear friends, when that takes place, Oh my goodness, it is astonishing. But now listen to this. And when they, well, who was they? His parents saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou done this with us? You see, the first response was, Why did you leave us? Rather than acknowledging that we had walked away. My dear friend, are you today at a place where you can't even see Jesus? Do you think he's walking in your midst, but you don't know? You've lost track? Well, my friend, if you can't see Jesus in your midst, the God of the Bible in your midst, it's time to return to where he was because he doesn't change. Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing, thinking they had lost him. But yet, but yet, look at the response that Jesus gave them. Look at the response. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? In other words, didn't you know that I had to be about the things that my father had directed me to do. The Bible says, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. God is not going to change His message to accommodate you. God is not going to take and change His mode of salvation to accommodate you. He was in the temple where they found Him. He was teaching. We can see that as an example, my dear friends, of those who are in fellowship, who are faithful to the body of Christ, who are there being ministered, asking questions, seeking the face of God, that He's teaching them. He's hearing their question. He's getting to the root of the problem. Do you have that problem today? When you start to seek for Him, is your first response, why did you leave me? Why did you make me worry? I didn't see you. But the simple response that Christ gave, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Now, dear friends, it's not surprising that they didn't understand him. It's not. Because many of us today, many churches today, profess to be followers of Christ, but yet have walked so far away 
that they don't see Him in their midst anymore. It's as if they have lost touch with God. It's as if maybe you've lost touch with God. Maybe you are wondering, why is everything happening to you? Well, my dear friends, my dear friends, return, seek Him, know that He is about His Father's business. For He is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Court is in session. It is time for us as individuals to repent and turn back to Him. That we we would be found as good and faithful servants. Now, I want to take you into the Old Testament. I have a few minutes here left in this broadcast. And when I do so, I want you to understand that things don't change. People repeat. Turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings, we have a a couple of chapters that we were going to go through, but we're not going to get through all of it because I'm not going to go and read three chapters to you in this broadcast. But I want to focus on a couple points. And it's 2 Kings chapter 22, starting in verse 21. And listening to this, I hope that it causes you to ponder. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adai of Boscath. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord. Now focus on that for a moment. The house of the Lord. Here the king sent these people, these scribes, to the house of God. And this is important because listen to his request. Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord, to repair the breaches of the house. In other words, he's saying, go up, see how much money has come in as an offering to repair the broken down house of God. He didn't say, bring it back to me. Remember, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of God. So this young man was humble. 
He didn't. He wasn't seeking his own glory, but yet it's astonishing, or it should be, that the house of God was allowed to go into such disrepair. Think about that for a moment. If the house of God is in disrepair, what does that tell you about the spiritual state of the people? That tells you that their priority is not that of serving the kingdom of God. No, I'm not talking about having great opulence. I'm talking about maintenance, being faithful and serving God. Notice that he didn't say, collect it for me. He said, no, give it to the workers who are trying to rebuild the temple, trying to rebuild the house. And then he goes on and he says, unto the carpenters, the builders, and the masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. How be it that there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand because they dealt faithfully. Now, verse 8 is astonishing. Remember I told you about the spiritual condition of the people. The spiritual condition, because the house was in disrepair, being in captivity, being swept away, being occupied by things. But God is faithful because His Word is always preserved. God is faithful because of the things which He has done. And Hilkiah, verse 8, the high priest said unto Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. My dear friends, remember where they found Jesus? In the temple. Remember where they found this book? In the house of the Lord. The book of the law of God in the house of the Lord. My friends, if you want to come to know Christ, get with believers. The Bible is still preached in the house of God. Just like it said here that he said that he never went to the right nor to the left. Verse 2, it says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked all the way in all the way of David his father, and turn not aside to the right or to the left. Here at Christ's Covenant Church, we have a saying, we're always going to stay true north. We're not going to deviate to the left or to the right. We're going to go where the Word of God directs, and we're going to be faithful to the very tenets of Almighty God. And my dear friends, God was faithful because He left the book of the law. But listen to the what happened. Listen to what happened when this was read. Verse 10, And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now, my dear friends, what do you think would happen if God were to move and we had people reading the Word of God to our kings, 
our rulers, our presidents, our senators, our representatives, our mayors. If God was ready to bring revival, listen to what happened. Listen to what this faithful young king did. And my dear friends, God can do no less today. He can deliver in the same manner. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. Here you have a king who had walked rightly before Almighty God, and he didn't have the book of the law. And when it was read to him, he was so grieved at the things that his nation was doing that was not right, the things that he had done that were not right before God, that he rent his clothes. He grieved. And then he said, And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Habakkuk, the son of Shaphan, and Achbor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Azariah, a servant of the king, saying, Go ye inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that is found. For great... <laughs> this is awesome. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that is written concerning us. Here you have a king, my dear friends, a young king who was walking rightly. And when God revealed his word to him, he recognized how sinful his nation was. My dear friends, how are you today? Do you think you're walking rightly? Do you believe that you are doing things that are right before God in accordance to God, but haven't opened His Word? Is it possible that you are doing things that you deem to be right and not necessarily recognizing the iniquity that you're walking in? My friends, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that is why we must have a Savior. But are you actually grieved over the sin that is in your life? Are you actually grieved over the sin of our nation? Are you grieved over the things that have taken place around us? If so, if so, God has given us an opportunity to get right with Him. Now, my friends, I have to cut this short due to our time. But if you want to tune in at 11 o'clock Sunday morning on our Facebook page at Christ Covenant Church McAllen, we have a live broadcast where we will be continuing this message. Now, my friends, you can go to ChristCovenantMcAllen.org, send us an email, you can even donate on there if it is a blessing to you. If you send us an email, we will get back to you. We want to help you in any way we can. But I encourage you, would you take a moment, challenge yourself, ask God to reveal in you what you must do for His kingdom. 
how can you be of service to Him? Will you take a moment and repent? Will you acknowledge that you're a sinner? Will you seize the opportunity while you have breath in your lungs? Will you check yourself against the Word of God? Meaning this, my friends, we don't change the Word of God. We must allow the Word of God to change us. And so I thank you for tuning in. I ask you be blessed and encouraged. I ask that you would follow Him in all things. Be faithful and obedient unto the cross of Christ, and He will bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross, with part of Christ Covenant Church in McAllen, Texas. Be encouraged. Thank you. God bless you.